I'm Laura. And I'm Georgiana. And this is Decanterbury Tales. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm totally keeping that. <laughs> I'm multitasking. Uh, hey, living the life, ma'am. Uh, but yes, we are at the end of August already. Weird. Like, I can't, like, we literally had a meeting at work to talk about holiday and, like, Santa Claus's grand arrival at the mall. Like, yeah. we are already in Christmas time. Yeah, I had an email about tea with Santa oh, at that work. fun. Yeah, so our, our we're gearing towards that direction as well. I don't like, this year has flown by. Yeah. I, I don't know what I've done. I mean, I know I've done a lot, but. Mm. Anyway, welcome to Decanterbury Tales, the boozy book club podcast. Where we read books and drink wine. And then we tell you all about it. Woohoo. <laughs> woo to the who. Woo to the who. Oh, I would be amiss if I did not uh, acknowledge in some way, shape or form that we are recording uh, today is the. 16th anniversary of Katrina, Hurricane Katrina, which is, bleh. yeah, and, but I, and we have Ida rolling in, so prayers to our fair city and all of our loved ones. Yes, and I am actually in technically in the path. I'm a little bit further inland, so uh, we are actually preparing for that to hit this evening. So, the next time I talk to everyone, I will be on the other side of it so well love this journey for us (laughs) jeez yeah no i it's it's a mess there's too much going on right now things just need to mellow out and i just but i feel like every single time i think things are gonna get calm it's like a new thing yeah so there is no calm no calm is an illusion this is not the calm before the storm no, but anywho, what's up? What's been going on in your corner of the world? I got promoted. Do we discuss that? We have not. Yay. We can finally say it on air. Yeah, I got promoted. Thank you. I'm a supervisor now. I uh, moved. I finished today. And what else did I do? I mean, I feel like that's like two big things and that's enough. Oh, we have to talk about our vacations. Oh, yeah. I went on vacation. That was great. Bought way too many books to the point that I am put on a a book purchasing hiatus until I read at least like I would say 50% of the books I have. Well, you better get on it. I'm on book five of the month. Get at me, bro. That's really impressive. <laughs> I just bought that many books that yes. that I still I have more books. If I finish five books a month, I still will have more books to read into 2021. Or 2022. Well... <laughs> Don't even know what year it is, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Uh, I went to Vegas. 
which was super fun and really great. Kind of overwhelming. I haven't really been, I've gone on vacation. I went to Disney World, but I think Vegas was just like a whole different realm of like post-COVID vacationing. Yeah. If that makes sense. Because like when we went to Disney, it was like limited capacity. There's still a lot of people, but it was no, it was not even close to as busy as it was in Vegas when we just went. So it was a, it was a lot, and I, it was a lot of fun. We went and saw O, the Cirque du Soleil show, the one with all the water. Nice. Um, I teared up, did not cry, but did tear up. It was beautiful, and I had chills like the entire hour, two hour long show. So make that. Make of what you will of that. It was just beautiful and probably one of the most beautiful Search of Soleil shows I've ever seen. So 10 out of 10 recommend if you have uh, ever have an option of shows to go see. Definitely go see that one. Yeah, I th- I went to Vegas before I turned 21. So probably like 10 years ago. And mm-hmm. um, I, I saw the O show that 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 was top notch and I'm sure it's better now that it's been like you know 10 years they change it up yeah apparently the uh, they had like the same clowns for like the first 10 years of the show and then or like 15 I like looked up the history of the show it was absolutely fascinating that it was the first 10 years of the show there's two clowns in the show and so their storyline remained the same for like 10 years Hmm. And then when the clowns changed, the story changed. Interesting. Very, it was very interesting of like the life of the show and like what has happened and what all the characters are. It's insanity. Uh, but 10 out of 10 recommend. Uh, it was fun to go, fun to experience. It was a very quick trip. We were only there for three days, but really fun to get out there and do something different and mix things up. So that's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, what are what are you reading, watching, listening to right now? So I am reading The Vanishing Sky by L. Annette Binder. And it is uh, a World War II story from a German family perspective. And it is very interesting, not the lightest of reads. It's taking me a bit longer to get through. Um It's not a long book by any means, but it's just, you know, I have to read like a World War II book a month. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm reading. Watching, I finished White Lotus. Liked the beginning more than I liked the end. Um, Still watching, um... The Walking Dead because there's so many seasons. There's so much of that. That's that's just that's a lot. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> and I I did good work on that, but there's still still more. And then, not really listening to anything. I mean, I can tell you that the uh, Gwen Stefani has continued. Um, we've added some Fergie back in because <laughs> uh, the the album with like London Bridge. Yeah. That's what nice. That's what's come out. Some big girls don't cry, glamorous. <laughs> yeah, that's where I You're just going way back. Yeah. I'm just taking it back to the nice, like 
early 2000s, mid 2000s. Okay. Okay. And I'm not listening to podcasts. I wish I was. I mean, I, I watch every week. Okay, this is something. I watch every week Morgan Stewart, her show on YouTube, Necessary Realness. I watch that every week. Okay. So that's like my listening watching, I guess. Okay. That works. That works. I am uh, watching. We're still watching that Disney show. They just came out with some more episodes of the like backstory of Walt Disney World rides. So it's just fascinating because I am a total Disney nerd. Um, We are also watching. We started watching Treme. That's on our list. It's very difficult for me to get into one because it views very dated because it's kind of older. But um, to me, it's just like I lived that story, not that particular story. But I think for anyone, I mean, some people loved it. I think I'm just one of those people where like, it's a little too close to home for me. If that makes sense. So I, I, I keep trying to like it. And I just, uh, I would just like, I would much rather just watch something else. I'd rather watch my Disney making of the ride show. And an honest, an honest review. Yeah. And so it has nothing to do with the show. It's a beautiful show. It's an award-winning show. It's incredible. The music is incredible. The acting is incredible. I personally am just, that's not a story I feel like I want to relive. So yeah. Watching. Uh, Reading. I have been reading slash listening. So I've started Night Bitch. And, um... Very interesting. The way in which it is written is very, like, third person. And so I don't know if I like that. I, I, can't, I get it. It just makes it much more complicated to read. Where, okay. like, it's like the woman got out the paint brushes. She missed the paint brushes. Like, I don't have a name yet. Like, she, it is very third person good. The story is good, and there's a lot of emotion in it. It's, like, the boy, the child, the this, the that, he, she, it, and, like, I don't know. I would much rather it from a first-person perspective, but I'm still early on. So don't at me about it, okay? Uh, <laughs> and then I listened to Green Lights, the Matthew McConaughey audiobook. So it is a novel, memoir. And you're actually the one who told me that he narrated the audiobook. <laughs> and it is a 10 out of 10. I recommend not only the book, I recommend the audiobook like 15 out of 10. Go do that. Because it is incredible to hear him read it himself. It was so good. So 10 out of 10, do that. Do it. Just do it. I own the book, but I may just purchase the audiobook because I think you're right that, like, I want to hear him say the words on the page. Well, and if he's reading it word for word, then he wrote it the way he talks. So your brain is going to read it in his voice anyway, hmm. but less good. He does accents and everything. I love it. I literally love it. I told every single human being, I was like, you need to listen to this. All right, I'll go. I'll listen. Do it. Invest in it. It's so worth it. Matthew McConaughey is getting all of my money. 
yeah that's what I'm like kind of reading watching listening to right now as well as my usual like flurry of podcasts I am uh listening more to that's messed up and SVU podcast and wine and crime which I've talked about both before I am not listening to my favorite murder as much they went on a break which is no shade like absolutely take a break when you need one and they're doing a lot of replays so a lot of the episodes that I'm hearing I either have already heard them or they're like live episodes and like those aren't really my favorite so just on a brief my favorite murder break while they're on a break that's fair we were on a break we were on a break yes I yes anywho so this month we read the guest list list I can speak. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there we go. Oh, hold on. Cut this out, Laura. <laughs> yes. This month we read The Guest List by Lucy Foley. It is a Reese Witherspoon's book club pick. I love Heck when yeah. we. I love when we pick her books because she likes our uh, our uh, posts. Our, our Instagram posts. Do you feel yeah. seen? Do I you do. Feel hashtag seen. And I feel like anything that she's tagged in, they automatically like. But I still, I still feel special. That's okay. We're allowed to feel special. I mean. If anybody wants to do some research, maybe I will. I'll no, like post Reese something. Witherspoon herself is pulling it up and liking our post. I thought That's so. What... I thought so. That's what we're going to tell people. Got it. Okay. No That's back research. Our story and we're sticking to it. Perfect. <laughs> so, shall we chat some wine? Let's chat wine. So, like I promised in our read and sip cap that we were going to start. Leaving behind the roses and bubbles of the spring and summer. And what better way to transition into fall months with a delicious cab salve. So I paired. It's called uh, In Sheets Clothing. And it is a Columbia Valley, Washington State cab salve. It comes in at a 13.7 ABV, so it's a, it's a decent sip. And uh, so some their tasting notes, and then I'll give you why I picked it and what I thought about it. Uh, so tasting notes. In Sheep's Clothing delivers a ripeness of fruit flavors while preserving the acidity that gives the medium to full-bodied wine a sense of freshness. With layers of blueberries and black cherries, this wine lends to a new world style of fruit with more of an old world structure with a hint of wood smoke. This wine fully embraces an integral part of classic Cabernet Sauvignon by highlighting a complex blend of dried herbs, anise, thyme, and bay leaf. The fruit for this wine comes from Columbia Valley. After fermentation, the wine spends 10 months aging in barrel, 25% of which is new French oak. And then the name of the wine is a tip of the hat to Alonzo Harris's quote, to protect the sheep, you gotta catch the wolf. And it takes a wolf to catch a wolf. And so you've probably seen this wine. I actually have also seen this wine around. The bottle is super intimidating and it's a little off-putting. 
it is like a photoshop picture of like some sheep but the one right in the middle has like a photoshop face of a wolf on it so you've probably seen it and that's all is on the front and then on the back it has all the information uh some more tasting notes it's definitely on the bolder side you're gonna get a lot of red and black fruits so blackberry plum cherry raspberries like very very heavy but not sweet it's more on the tannic side very dry and a little bit leaning toward an acidic side um i really enjoyed it i had it last night it really did not need to breathe very much i opened it let it sit there i did enjoy the fact that the cork as you take it out it says yes yes (laughs) y'all which just cracks me up it comes really high rated on Vivino.com. So we're looking at like a 3.9, 3.8, 3.9. So overall, really great. And then for retail, you're going to get it for about $20, about in that range. And it is just really nice. I'm actually sipping on it right now. I poured myself a wee bit, you know, since we're recording in the evening instead of, you know, like 9 a.m., 8 a.m. It's the perfect excuse. It's time. We're talking about the book. And we had it with a little bit of like spaghetti last night. Um, If you're going to food pair it, beef, lamb, game, like it can definitely hold its own with those like beef, lamb, game pieces. And then also I feel like it would go really well with like a big bowl of like chocolate ice cream. Ooh. Yeah. Like that's like I want it with like. Not like a super, not like a brownie or something, but just like a light little, because it is, it is a very tasty wine. And that, and oh, so the reason I picked it in sheep's clothing, uh, two reasons. First of all, like obviously our lead bad character, bad man, like everyone thinks he's amazing and really he's the actual devil. And then also all of the other characters in the book are also wolves or wannabe wolves in sheep's clothing Mm -hmm. they all are like out to get him or realize that they have this mean streak or like at one point like you you really don't know who's about to kill him Mm -hmm. there are multiple people on their way to kill him so that is kind of i thought it was very fitting that um we went that way Yeah, no, when you sent me that wine, I was like, I mean, it's perfect. It pairs so perfectly with the book. Thank you. And I think like it gives a good like, it tastes kind of bougie, to be honest. I think that fits this like this book very well as like, this fits the book very well as well. Yeah, no, I, I I don't want to be at this wedding, but like I wanted to be at this wedding. Yeah, I wanted to be at the wedding if I didn't know someone was going to die. And, like, the power goes out and none of that. None of, none of the spooky. We want all of the glamour and glitz and the, like, expensive things and none of the spooky. Yeah, like a wedding on a private Irish island. Yeah, that that's what I'm there Sign for. Sign me up. Sign me up. Yeah. Well, I guess that leads us to talking synopsis of the book. Here we go. Spoilers abound. The bride, the plus one, the best man, the wedding planner, the bridesmaid, the body. 
On an island off the coast of Ireland, guests gather to celebrate two people joining their lives together as one. The groom, handsome and charming, a rising television star. The bride, smart and ambitious, a magazine publisher. It is a wedding for a magazine or for a celebrity. The designer dress, the remote location, the luxe party favors, and the boutique whiskey. The cell phone service may be spotty and the waves may be rough, but every detail has been expertly planned and will be expertly executed. But perfection is for plans and people are all too human. As the champagne is popped and the festivities begin, resentments and petty jealousies begin to mingle with the reminiscence and the well wishes. The groomsmen begin to drink, begin the drinking game from their school days. The bridesmaid not so accidentally ruins her dress. The bride's oldest male gives an uncomfortably caring toast. And then somebody turns up dead. Who didn't wish the cuppy, the happy couple well? And perhaps more important, why? That's so ominous. And to completely ruin it, I mean, there's so much in this. Like, of course, we have like the husband betrayal, the best man slash best woman I don't know what he is but like all of that like there's so many layers where like all of these people's lives are so expertly intertwined mm-hmm. it's just uh, uh, I mean and it even says it on like the front of the book evokes the great Agatha Christie classics and that's and then there were none is still to this day, like one of my favorite kind of mystery books. Mm-hmm. And I could, I could not put this book down. I read it in two days. Just yeah, because. I devoured this book. I just, I, I had to know, you know, who done it in the lounge. It was a I, definite who done it. Yeah. And so I just, I couldn't stop. I had to know. And that's, that's the sign of a really good murder mystery to me mm-hmm. is that like I I just have to know like I can't sit and like enjoy the book and maybe I, and that's maybe one thing that I have issues with with murder mysteries because it's maybe it's it's a me thing it's too I much suspense <laughs> I can't sit and enjoy the book I have to I have to know who did it so I don't think I pay as close enough attention to things as I should that's just a me critiquing me thing. Yeah. I same thing. I finished mine. Honestly, I read the majority of it on the plane to Vegas and finished it on the plane on the plane ride back from Vegas. Like it was quick. I was reading that thing fast and furious. Um, which was fun to read it on an airplane because I was with all these strangers and was like, ooh, who did it? Um it's like the lights went out and I was like, oh, someone's going to die on this plane. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, no, I really loved it. I kept telling everyone, I was like, you have to read this book. It's so good. It's amazing. And I really, it was an expertly written mystery. You could feel the suspense and just the way that the bits and pieces are revealed to you and the way that they're all intertwined. Um, it's just kind of incredible. As you start getting the tidbits of the story. So should I ruin it? Yeah, that's the whole point. Let's ruin it. The groom dies. Yes, that's the body. Because he's an ass. Does, honestly, I would say no one deserves death. He kind of deserves death. And 
never would have guessed who the murderer is. We're going to ruin that too. Yeah. Um, it is the sister of a boy that he killed Murdered. when they were at school. Yes. And she like changes her name and everything and gets everybody onto the island. She's like the wedding planner. Yes. And she, she gets the wedding ev- she gets everybody on the island to kill this dude. Yeah, it's like an expertly laid plan. Very like oceans. Yeah. It's like the whole thing is crazy. Because you have like the bride is like this high-powered like magazine executive and she gets like basically a bid kind of like an influencery style thing being like host your wedding on my island like we'll give you a huge discount like basically they're barely like breaking even and they're like oh well if they're doing it for the publicity it's like no it's a trap (laughs) he's gonna she's gonna kill him but throughout there you like basically find out like every single person that is kind of a perspective character that has pieces they all have motive they all have a motive to like want him dead that is very legitimate mm-hmm. so you're just kind of like wow uh there's definitely some several points where you're just like i they're all gonna die who who is it who's gonna do it because <laughs> you kind of get an inkling before it actually happens that he is the one that's going to die At least I did. Ooh, I like this question. All right, you ready? Let's delve into some book club questions. So I like this one. Let's first start with Jules. Why do you think she was so eager to marry Will despite not knowing him for very long? Why do you think she chose to ignore the letter that said not to marry him? Oh, I just think a lot of it is like ego. That's what I was thinking. I just like the question. Yeah, it's an amazing. It's an amazing question. And I definitely think, um, yeah, in that situation, I actually just read a book and I am not going to talk about it, but it's called The Bright Side of Going Dark. And because the wedding was already announced and very public, when she gets stood up at the altar, it's like she basically like fakes it for a little bit because she doesn't know what to do because it's embarrassing and humiliating and like she has she has nothing all these people are expecting something from her and the same thing with jewels like everyone's expecting this big glamorous wedding and the spread is going to be covered in the magazine well and i think she's trying to you know elevate where she is and he looks good in the picture in the magazine yep and it's less about who she really needs for her and more about what she portrays to the world. It's what she needs for her magazine. Mm-hmm. And it's super convenient that he's like a rising TV star. Though it shouldn't be his. Na, na, na. So that yeah, that is that is something I was really surprised. I wasn't surprised to hear that he stole the idea. Um, the reveal. This is a question on here too. So Jono, who is the best man, 
is distraught when he finds out that Will sabotaged his chance of being on the show. Let's talk about how that reveal caused him to finally confront Will about that cover-up. Um, well, I feel like all of the best things come out in, like, nonchalance. Ugh. Like, you know, like, he was talking to, what was it, the producer or the agent? Is the producer of the show. That, that said he didn't want to do it. And it's like, oh, oh. Oh, did I not? Oh, did I not? Oh, please tell me what I did. Please, please tell me tell- what I thought. That is, oh my gosh. That is my favorite in like tense moments where it's like, um, okay, yeah, sure. Please tell me how that went. Please tell me how I did that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's like, how big of a fool am I? And, you know, he's been sitting here throughout his whole life saying that this guy is his best friend. But his friend is not really supporting him at all and has kind of thrown him to the wayside because he hasn't really figured out his path in life to find out that his friend took his path in life. And it just. Well, it's like he it's like he finally it's like that last little bit of like, what is it like the curtains have been drawn back. Mm-hmm. where it's like his whole like they have this childhood they like cause the death of a classmate yeah and it's been like eating away at him and then he like finds out that like will knew it was gonna happen the whole thing was set up and he's like i like had my doubts and like you're my friend and we did this together and i figured you couldn't be that evil and then like you set me up to not live my dream and be on tv with you you are that evil it was, like, mm-hmm. that, like, final connection of, like, what happened. I don't know this guy. Like, you, you are a stranger and you are evil. For a while there, I thought it was Jono that killed him. I It was happening. It was about to happen. I know. I really thought that that's what it was going to come down to. I thought that's what was going to happen. They even I... give you several. There's, like, two different points where, like, Jono thinks he's going to kill him. It was just too obvious, though, wasn't it? It was. It would have been a little obvious. Honestly, I would have loved it if, like, Jules and Olivia did it together. That would be a fun one. And Hannah, why not? We'll put them all together. Just all the women. Actually, do you realize how many women it is? Yeah, it's a quite a lady-centric book. Like, on the, on the, on the, like, suspect list, you've got... The wedding planner, whose brother it was that died. We have the plus one, Hannah, whose sister committed suicide after what she later discovers is a very, very, like, humiliating, basically, what is it called? Revenge porn circulated by the groom of the wedding she is at. Like, how interwoven is this? Then to find out that the bride slept with her husband while she was, like, right after the birth of their child. So it's like, oh, I hate the bride and the groom. The bride ruined my marriage and the groom killed my sister. We'll just put that all together. And then Olivia. 
we'll just keep rolling. So as you kind of like hear Hannah's story about her sister who committed suicide, you have Olivia who is exhibiting a lot of the same symptoms that Hannah's sister did. Olivia is the sister of the bride, Jules. And like throughout the whole thing, she's like clearly like having problems and she's like very depressed and like stuff is going on with her and you can't really tell what's going on blah 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 and then we find out she slept with the groom before he ever met her sister and then like has just lied about it the whole time yeah and then they lied he lied about it the whole time and then ghosted her and then he also had a video of her from when they like had hooked up as revenge porn and as black to keep her hush hush yeah so it's like that's his mo which is crazy to think about so you have like two storylines side by side one of them it's like the plus one at the wedding with like a sister to avenge Then, like, the exact thing that happened to the sister is happening to the sister of the bride. Who also slept with her husband. It's like, this whole wedding just burned it down. I mean, light a match. That is greasy. It was literally that. As that all came out, I was like, this is creepy to me. I don't like that. I don't like any of that. The whole relationship between Charlie and Jules, which is Hannah's husband... And Jules, the bride, they were like besties and like no one has ever answered the question. Like she had never asked if they had been together, had never like really delved deep into their relationship. And he was always like, she's my sister. She's like my sister, blah, blah, blah. And then it turns out they like slept together after the birth of their child. So like while they were married, while she was recovering from the birth of their child. Sir, how dare you? First of all. Second of all, Jules, scum of the earth. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're oh. all of it. That was all just, of it. there's so much. It's just, even after that, it was just like a very possessive thing. And she even talks about it in the Hannah storyline where she's like, I've never liked how possessive she seems over my husband. Mm, yeah, that's an interesting point. And, like, she says something about, like, she came down the steps and they were sitting, like, super close together with, like, their foreheads touching. And I was like, if you are sitting that close to my husband, like, I am married. Like, even anyone with a significant other, like, excuse me, please do not put your face on my husband's face. No. Remove yourself. Like, that is, that is where I am supposed to be. I don't care how close you are physically. Like, do not. No, that's a line. I only put my face on my man's face. Yeah, that, that. That face is reserved for my face. Yeah. I put my face on your face. I put my face on your face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh, So do you think Hannah will leave Charlie? Or do you think that they'll stay together? No, I don't think Hannah's going to leave. You don't think so? No. Maybe I just will her that she will. Because she's pretty, like angry i mean sure she seemed angry but at the end of the day she got married to him knowing that there was some weird shit going down and she decided not to ask questions about it i think she's more of an ignorance is bliss sort of lady 
And then she finds out all this shit. And then if she had really wanted to, I think she would have figured it out before she married him. Hmm. I don't know. I have hope that she would she would leave. Well, we need to ask Lucy Foley because, you know, Natalie Standiford agreed. Is with this you. another face off? Yeah, this is another face off. I was. All right. Yeah. We'll have to send them an email. Send Lucy an email. Just uh, just this question. You don't need to come on the podcast. I just need you to answer this for me. Laura just wants to be right. I just like being right. Okay. Oh my gosh. Um. So let's see. Where else do we want to go with this? Do you think? Um. Oh, this is a good one. Did you? Do you think that it is interesting that Will is so involved with all these different characters? Or do you think that it's a little much? Like, do you feel like it's a stretch? No, I think for the story's purposes, I like how involved he is in everything. Like, he is the villain. There is the root of all evil. There's nobody that's vouching for him anywhere. You know, like, there's no... And that's something like that I think in a lot of novels that we try to read is like thinking from the villain's perspective or who is the perf- the villain? Like what was their motive? Why were they doing what they were doing? Why are they the way that they are? In this book, there is no why is Will the way that he is and does all this messed up stuff? No, like it's back to back to back to back to back every character he has wronged there is no silver lining there is no glimmer of good he's just a he's just the bad guy and so I think it would be an entirely different story to tell if you were getting on his side in some way you're never on his side yeah I wanted to hate him from like day one And I think that that's like kind of the point of the book is to hate him. And when you find out that he's a dead body, you're like, oh, good, cool. Let's see who did it. Good. Yeah. Like I already am happy with the ending. So like who done it in the lounge? Yeah. So you feel, I mean, I agree. I feel like them making him out to be the villain and you don't really have very much sympathy for him because he is the villain. He owns up to being the villain at several points. And as he owns up to all the bad things he did, he not once ever seems sorry for it. No. Like, there is no, like, redemption arc for him. It's bad as bad as bad. And, um, I don't know. I just feel like that solidifies the whodunit aspect of the work. I think that it keeps you focused on the mystery and less on the, like, trying to save him in your mind. No, it's exactly. It's it's focusing on trying to figure out who actually is the culprit. Because everybody has a reason to do it. And it's more, you're more focused on that character development than you are trying to find humanity in him. 
Yeah. Um, we haven't really talked about Olivia at all. Do you think she'll ever tell Jules the complete truth about what had happened with her and Will? Yeah. I do. I do. I think that, you know, blood is thicker than water. And though they have not the best relationship, I think in the end, the truth will come out. And I think that it will serve as a catalyst to support each other. That's just me. Yeah. I can see that. I honestly don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I could see her like just completely pulling away from the entire situation. And because she does seem very fragile. However, this could be that like catalyst that really binds them together. Well, I mean, if you think about, you know, Hannah lost her sister. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think that with Will dead, history will repeat itself. Mm -hmm. Nothing is being held over her head. She can be honest about what happened. She's very, she's freed. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Speaking of Jules, this is never really discussed at any length in the book. What about her anger issues? Oh, she's really insecure. Like, I'm talking, like, her, like, liking the feeling of breaking things. Like, that anger of her being like, it would feel really good to smash this glass against that wall. And then she's like, no, that's not you anymore. That's not you anymore. I'm like, well, were you used to be that? <laughs> Did, was that a normal thing for you? <laughs> yeah, I, I hadn't really thought about that. I mean, I should have, but... I mean, maybe that is written in to play up her culpability. Because she definitely was about to go stab him. She was yeah. on her way. But so was Jono at the exact same time. Yeah, so maybe her history of violence. Mm -hmm. Violent outbursts. Yeah, contributes to her... Mm realistically being somebody that could kill him. Okay. Not not the blind in love you know fiance yeah. that's that's all good, you know. Stable. Yeah. She's got some skeletons in her closet. What about Jono at the end? I get it that he's like taking the blame because he feels the guilt and like wants to go to jail basically but like literally all right how do you pronounce it I think I that's a great that's a great choice the mm -hmm. the, the wedding planner she doesn't get caught Jono takes the blame and the police take him away so like she murdered him and got away with it I, how do you feel about that? <laughs> I mean, Will murdered her brother and got away with it. That's true. 
That's true. And I honestly don't think, I don't think the truth will ever surface because nobody knows who she is. No. And that's the, that's the crazy thing is that there are, they're basically outside of them just hosting it at her island. There are no existing ties that they can trace. Mm -mm. And the crazy thing that she, like, then that she married her brother's roommate, like, bestie, who was, like, the witness, like, all of that is crazy to me. Like, all the pieces falling into place about how all of their stories are just so expertly intertwined. And I think this is a great way um, to wrap this up. So were you satisfied by the end of the book? Oh, yeah, I, I think so. I was yeah. very satisfied. Yeah, no, I, I walked away like feeling feeling good about that murder mystery. Yeah. And I was like, it was definitely like, you didn't know, you couldn't figure it out. You're like, who did it? Who did it? Who did it? They all have motive. Who did it? And then at the very end, that very last twist for them to reveal that, I mean, it just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, she's the sister. No, she married the roommate. It's all a trick. Like that whole thing was just like, we were playing Clue. Okay. And uh, she did it. Mm-hmm. And I, I would have definitely guessed wrong. I would have not picked out what was in that envelope. Mm-mm. No, I would not have won. Mm-mm. I would have lost the game. And that was it. I would have picked Mrs. Peacock with the candlestick in the observatory. Ooh, that's a good one. I do love me some Miss Peacock. I also love Colonel Mustard, but. (gasps) Colonel Mustard! (laughs) I could keep going. Oh, forever. I love Clue. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that's all I got for the guest list. I definitely want to hear what everyone else has to say, so. If you want to open discussion, definitely shoot us a DM or comment on any of our posts on Twitter and Instagram at Decanterbury Pod. And recommend to us what you would like to read. We love your suggestions, what you liked, enjoyed, and so that we can better serve you. Yeah, so shoot, hit us up at um, decanterburypod at gmail.com. And always check out our website. We could probably do better about updating it, but hashtag doing the best we can. Hashtag uh, doing uh, the best we can. The notes have been pushing the wayside. We're sorry. Decanterburytales.com. Do we want to announce our September book? Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. This is an exciting one. So the publisher reached out to us. It is also the publisher from... um, that worked with Natalie Standiford for Astrid Seasall. Shout out. Hi, Natalie. Um, Pal of the pod. And all right. <clears throat> I worked really hard and watched several YouTube videos on how to say this. All right. I'm going to let you say it. It is a pre real We got it before it releases. It releases September 7th. So you guys have time to go pre-order it. Apparently some of the bundles for pre-order is incredible. Uh, we... The Inheritance of Orchidea Divina. Eee! Yeah. By Zoreda Cordova. I did it. All right. Which I... she did. Um, She did uh, share one of our stories on Instagram and it made my heart happy. Um, but thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you uh, to the publisher for sending us a copy. I just got mine this week. So I will be delving into that ASAP. 
Uh, so I'm excited. We're really at the forefront of this and excited to talk to her about her book. And this will be a good one for September. I'm so excited. The cover is beautiful, guys. And th- they knew we, we love, know, a, we love cover. a sexy cover. We do. We can't help it. They just they saw us and they were like them. Them. They get it. So this is um, a really beautiful story. It does have uh, some mysticism in it. It is um, Latinx. Latinx. I think that's how you say it. I'm working on it, guys. Um, based. So you do have a lot of cultural background. Um, they travel to Ecuador and learn a lot about their family and their heritage. So I'm very excited to delve into this. Samesies, you just set me up for my uh, my evening. I'm going to go read that sucker. Heck yeah, I'm going to get started tonight as well as I wait for the latest hurricane to roll in. But anyway, everybody stay safe and um, bottoms up. Stay weird. Bye. Bye.